from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, everyone, your new favorite podcast. Uh, a little under the weather today, I'm going to have some weird, you're going to hear some weird clicky sounds. Could be me uh, enjoying a throat lozenge as the show goes on. I do have a little bit of a of a cold. Uh, not COVID, according to two home tests that I've taken. Uh, I'm not COVID. I don't have a fever. I just have a little bit of a runny nose. First, I thought it was allergies, seasonal allergies, maybe. Could still be. Don't know. Irritating. Irritating. Today on the show, John, Jake, Justine, Patrick, and our special guest from the Home Video Hustle, Brent, from the Home Video Hustle, is here today. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Here we go. Here we go. Don't be be afraid to say hello. Justine Uh, looks like she's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Justine is is in... uh, Glowing silhouette. She's in, in pirate mode today. She's wearing an eye patch. So she's got that going. And I catch. And I catch. I don't see it. She's got that going. She looks like a silhouette coming off the coming off the spaceship. See? Oh, what happened? What happened, Justine? Age, John. Age. It happens to us all. Who did this? You're just getting old, yeah. No, it looks like somebody (laughs) hit you in the eye. What happened? Patrick. Uh oh. He took his headphones off too. Oh no. He's coming back, guys. He's coming back. Oh no! Don't even joke like that. What happened? You imagine? <laughs> well, first of all, we have no we have no doubt that you would just whip Patrick's ass. Like there is not even a doubt that you would just. You're beat. supposed to say you should see Patrick. Right. <laughs> he's like in like a body cast. You all, uh, please help me. <laughs> you know, it's like that opening scene in the Batman where he that beats the first weird. guy up. He beats the first guy right. up, and you you realize that it's not your. This isn't a regular Batman. He just gives the guy a yeah. savage beating. That would be Justine. Mm. What's wrong, Patrick? Was your was your headphone were your headphones out? Yeah, they weren't working for a second. So we're having some TDs today, man. How that, convenient! Oh no. Mm-hmm. Mm. What, ha- what happened to your eye? Not a likely story. Uh, what happened to my eye? My dog. No, Justine's eye. Oh, she looks like she's got a shiner. Yeah, we don't care oh, about I you, have. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick straight down. Mm-hmm. Patrick, do you also have a shiner? <laughs> I actually do. Whoa! What happened? You both got shiners. What happened? Mexican what happened? standoff, and they both fired at the same time, Tarantino mm-hmm. style. You know, you guys should really establish establish yourselves as the alpha for your dog. Right? He's over here beating you guys up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First, first, first. So, John, she's just wearing an eye patch. It's nothing. It's a mask. It's a. It's, it's a beauty. It's a beauty item. There's oh, okay. Uh-huh. And then, so like, Patrick, what, <laughs> Patrick, what happened to you, man? My wallet's in the other room. What? Hold on. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> I see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, she just went. She just hit him up for protection money. Give me fifty dollars, and man. it won't happen again. Fifty dollars, and I won't beat you up. Yeah, and he's like, my wallet's in the other room. I swear. Tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> my wallet's in the other room. All right. <laughs> All right. Are we back? That was a weird little technical. Did you just shake him down for money? Is that what happened? <laughs> Robbed his ass. Protection money. Protection money. I'm the mayor here. Justine was just like, <laughs> right. bitch better have my money. 
<laughs> just seems like nothing happens here until I say it does. <laughs> not half, not some, but all my cash. <laughs> that boy's a Shakespeare. Um, God, that scene is still the best today. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what happened to your eye, man? What happened to your ojito? Tell us. The world is that we're on edge. The uh, dog punched me in the face while we were sleeping. Oh, dude, that's a total like. He's trying to usurp <laughs> you as the alpha. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He's trying to make me his bitch. Yeah, terrible. but you didn't take wow. that, did you? Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I have a black eye now. Yeah, but you, you got to punch him back. Yeah. No, I didn't punch him back. What, you got to return. Why not? No, you, dude, you squirt bottle him. Did you squirt bottle him? <laughs> we were sleeping. Yeah, you wake up. You should you didn't have a, wake up. You should have a Honestly, squirt bottle. I didn't notice until I got to work and somebody said something. Just came to me. You just ate that in your sleep. Wow. Patrick's used to it, I guess. You were the Justine you, didn't say, "Hey, you got a black eye." I'm used to the abuse. No, she didn't notice. This sounds like a Probably. very convenient yeah, excuse. It sounds like someone is covering for someone. Mm-hmm. Because they're afraid. Oh, the dog did it. I fell off my bike. Yeah. yeah so I ate the homework. We it just, was the doorknob. We just installed eye level doorknobs in our house, and I ran into one. I mean, your dog has a pretty nasty left hook there, Patrick. Right. I had it coming. What? <laughs> Patrick, we all have it coming. That's right. By the way, this story was supposed to go. If that, if, yeah. If, if we learn anything from Unforgiven, it's that we all got it coming. Yeah. Oh my God. You guys look great. Are you guys? How are you guys doing? Is everybody doing all right? Yeah, doing just wonderful. Who saw? If I may be so bold as to imply, or, or I'm sorry, not imply, as to pry into your personal lives, who saw Doctor Strange Two: Multiverse of Madness? Oh, there it is, John Sandy raising a hand. John, I knew you would see this. You're a big, you're a big Doctor Who fan. Now, before we get started, Doctor Who. I didn't go, I didn't go see Doctor. I was in the wrong theater. I saw Doctor Strange. Doctor Who. <laughs> the Who. <laughs> and Pete Townsend as Doctor Who. <laughs> oh. uh, the Onion AV Club hated it. Gave it a C minus. So that gives me hope. Really? That, that gives me hope that it's a good superhero movie because they hate everything. You usually don't agree, right? Right. Right. Um, good, good for you. That's, that's uh, fine. Now my my buddy, who is a huge Doctor Strange, he's just a Marvel guy. He said yeah. it t- it checked all the right boxes. So mm-hmm. what do you say, John? I liked it a lot, and you could definitely tell it's a Sam Raimi movie. That's all I'll say. <laughs> right. For those of you that like Sam Raimi, you can tell that it's him directing. <laughs> And that's a good thing. Some people were saying, ah, that's a bad thing. It looks like a Sam Raimi movie. I thought he was just the right guy to direct this. <laughs> right. And how does I it, liked it. How, how does it fit in with, where would you put this on the tiers of Marvel movies? Is it a top tier Marvel, um, middle of the road? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on the tip top. I like the first Doctor Strange movie a little better than this one. Okay. But, yeah. uh, but it's good. I'd give it like an eight. It's good. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. The first one just kind of knocked me out. This one's good, but, uh, um, yeah, an eight. I give it a solid eight. Solid eight. But, uh, boy, yeah. You can just, I, I'm glad it was Sam Raimi directing because he does some really fun stuff with it. Right. 
not that it, not that it's lighthearted. This is a pretty dark, <laughs> right? I've heard pretty that. dark movie, right? Yeah, but uh, I liked it a lot, and um, a lot of cool, a uh, lot of cool stuff going on. Now I tried to kind of catch up. I knew there was going to be a lot of Wanda. There's a hell of a lot of uh, of Wanda stuff in this. She's a major player in this movie, right? I got about as far as I wanted to binge watch WandaVision. I got about as far as the third episode. Uh huh. So, oh. but I know I know how it you all came down at the end. Anymore, huh? <laughs> I just I I put it off too long. It was like, oops, it's the night before. I think I can get about three episodes in. L- let me ask you a question. But now, what, I know what how you, that ended. So you know, what did you think of the first couple of uh, of WandaVision episodes? Because it took me a while to get into oh, it. Jesus. Well, right on the money. That first one looks like an episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Absolutely, right down to the set, the kitchen, the uh, living room. They knew what they were doing. And what's crazy is you can see why it turns some people off because. They played it completely like a comedy, like an right. old classic comedy. There might be like a couple seconds worth where you go, oh, yeah, there's something trying to get through. You know, like the thing on the radio, I think. There's something where you're like, oh, there's something going on here that's not quite right. But it's almost almost completely like a, a, a dead-on parody of I Love Lucy or Bewitched or The Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, they got it all right. They got the look of it, the tone of the acting, uh, the laugh track. It was almost... Uh, insane how close they got but for people that don't necessarily they're not up on those shows maybe they go well what the fuck's going on you know is this a comedy i think some people complain like why is that first episode like a straight out corny comedy you know but um i enjoyed the hell out of it because i love the dick van dyke show and i love i love lucy so i'm watching this going wow this is this took some doing to make it look like it and also the acting to calibrate the acting so you're doing all that sort of corny 50s comedy and do it right <clears throat> it's insane how right. they nailed it you know that must have been a lot of fun to act on oh yeah absolutely what'd you think mario that i mean you like uh, the dick van dyke i do i i was bored at the first two because i was like i've seen these shows before get, right the second I, one's like bewitched it's almost 100 percent get like me bewitched, get yeah. me to the story i want the meat of the story i want the meat yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, it just kind of fun. So, God, it really weird to see both. Like Vision doing all that stuff at the uh, at the uh, job with the boss. You know? Right, right, right. You're expecting him to go. What's the meaning of this? You know, about, 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 you know all that sort of. It's so corny. Uh, anyway, I got a kick out of it. Um, no, I'm up, yeah, I'm up to like uh, episode three now. Now, how much witch stuff was hilarious? But I I know what's going on. I've already gotten all the spoilers. I know that that. That uh, neighbor turns out to be a pretty big deal. So, but I would say the movie is the movie is almost uh, half the movie. Really, is uh, is Wanda's movie. Okay. It's not just Doctor Strange. All right. The whole movie it's him dealing with Wanda, and so that's all I'll say. And she is great. She is absolutely phenomenal in this. That's what gets your attention. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be good as Doctor Strange, but. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen as uh, Wanda is really this is the best uh, acting job I've seen from her is as the Scarlet Witch. And uh, did, you, did you? How was your boy? Uh, Doctor Strange. No, your other boy. <laughs> Who's my boy? Earl Grey. Who's my boy? Earl, What's that? Earl Grey. How was Earl Grey? Ah, ah. I'm not going to say nothing because I don't want to give away any spoilers. It's in uh, the trailer. It's in the trailer. Well, no, he's fine. I mean, he's good. You know, I, yeah, I think he's, a, I, yeah. I've always liked Professor Xavier. So, uh, you know, I I saw him in the trailer. But I, I'm not going to. I haven't watched the trailer. Yeah, Patrick didn't, yeah, Patrick didn't see the trailer. That's your own. Uh, Dr. Xavier's in 
No. Have you not watched the trailer? No, Professor Xavier. I have not watched X-Men. the trailer. You hear X-Men his voice. Cross, it's happening. No, that already happened in WandaVision. Anyway, I'm not going to say anymore because I didn't want to blow it. I know that Patrick doesn't watch trailers. So uh, you kind of, so Pat, uh, you know, Mario kind of led me into that. Sorry, Patrick. Oh, it's okay. I, I'm not going to say anything else because there are a lot of spoilers in this movie, which is why I went the first day. I thought, fuck it. At work, they're going to be flying with the spoilers. I thought, I can't risk that. I, no, one so, spo- no one spoiled anything for me yet. Mm, uh, people were talking about it. Also, so, I don't. Me neither. I haven't been spoiled. Also, I don't care. About it. Also, spoilers don't bother me. <laughs> I don't remember hearing a goddamn thing. Exactly. Spoilers do not bother me. I, you could tell me uh, the plot of a movie. I'll still go see it. I'll still yeah. go see it. But I it's think so- we bother Patrick, so I'm not going to say anymore. Patrick, okay? I'm okay. You know. All things are ruined, but it's okay. I'll survive. No, because you know why, Patrick, because you know. In life, it really doesn't matter. You know about the Illuminati. I'll only say this. You already know about the Illuminati. You already knew. Okay. I'm only going to say this. That um, the crowd I was with, uh, I went alone, but the people sitting behind me, about four or five times in the middle of the movie, they'd see a character and go, oh, no way. <laughs> so, that's all I'm going to say. There's right. a couple of people, whoa, it's so-and-so, whoa. Okay, cool. John, I think you should finish WandaVision, though, because even oh, if know. you know what happens, the last few episodes, you get to really see her, and she's amazing in it. Yeah, I should have I finished it before I saw this. Yeah, I mean, my uh, friends do that before she watched the movie. I was like, you should watch WandaVision because there's a lot of multiverse in that. And then you yeah. should also... I told her to watch What If because I wasn't sure if they were going to bring in Dark Doctor They do. From what If. Uh, and yeah, and I guess somebody was saying... Uh, well, maybe it was you, uh, Justine. It said that next I should probably watch Loki because there's a bunch of uh, multiverse stuff in that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, at the end of Loki, yeah. So I won't say any anymore, but uh, yeah, I'm in, really enjoying WandaVision. And um, so, uh, you know, it, it, Mario, it, you told me at the time, you said, oh, God, the first you're going to love like the first two are just going to blow your mind because of how close they got it to the real deal. You know? Right, right, right. I was not as yeah. impressed because so, I, yeah, I, I wanted the that. meat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I was, I'm in no hurry. If they're doing that good a job, I'm in no hurry. And I'm intrigued. You're getting these little moments where like on the radio, you're going, Oh, somebody's trying to contact her through this alternate reality. You know, I just watched, um, uh, I just watched a movie on Amazon called the vast of night. Have you seen that? Uh, John, what's it called? The vast of night. Never heard of it. It's a weird little take of it. It's a kind of a weird little indie movie and it, it opens up like you're watching an episode of The Twilight Zone. Uh, and um, huh. there's even the narration huh. and everything. Somebody doing like a Rod Serling, but it's another show called Paradox Theater, I think is what it's called. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it's all shot. It takes place in one night. They're in this little town in New Mexico in the 1950s. And um, everybody in the town is at this basketball game. And like a high school basketball game, the whole town's there. And the only people that aren't in the town, there's a few people that aren't in the town. One of them is the guy that runs the local radio station, and he's friends with a girl who runs the switchboard. She's a switchboard operator. And uh, over the course of the night, she starts hearing this weird telephone, this signal coming over the telephone. And it's a radio mm-hmm. signal. And it, you, it slowly unfolds into there's UFOs over the town. And you know these are the Ooh. only two people that kind of know about it. And it's uh, really well done. It was it was kind of cool, a little talky, um, but uh, 
really good mood building, really good mood building. And you could tell they had a very limited budget. It's all done in one night. But they found this little town with like a little main street, kind of like an old uptown Whittier looking street. Huh. And uh, it's called The Vast of Nights. It's got like an what it's got like channels an, it on? It's on Amazon Prime. It's got like an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. But uh, huh. I thought of you immediately because it's very period. It's a real period piece, real done in like, it's like the early 50s, mm. like at the height of the UFO craze. Yeah, I got to kick out of that stuff. Yeah. I want to give a brief, uh, I'm going to look for that. Um, I want to give a brief shout out to another movie I saw, uh, The Northman. Oh, yeah. Was, you, uh, we didn't talk really about it last week. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, if you like Viking stuff, this is, uh, this is a 10. This is like hardcore. <laughs> I heard that one's good. Yeah, and it's uh, movie too. That's also a period piece, Red Panda. You guys should watch it. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I'm not watching it. it. Is it good? Red Panda. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, you should. Is that? Um, I've, I'm confusing it with another movie. Is that? That's not animated, right? It is. No, it is. It is animated. Is it? Uh, but it's not Pixar. It is Pixar. It is. it is Pixar. Oh, so that's the latest Pixar movie. Okay. Uh-huh. That's the one the guy was mad about because he said he couldn't relate because it took place. It's, it's, all it's a period it was, piece. It was a, oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. <laughs> it's all right. You, know, you guys took it seriously, and I was okay with it. It's fine. Yeah. Cool. You know what? I thought you were making a period joke, but I wasn't quite sure because I haven't mm. seen that movie. <laughs> Justine, please don't interrupt yeah. the flow of the show. Um, oh. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A period piece. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Done. That's it. Well, that, way to kill that. My part. brain did go there, and I thought, eh, is that what that really is about? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what no, I'm about. okay. So the Northman, John. How was the Northman? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I'm now. All I can think of is. Uh, well, there's a lot of blood in it, so I guess in that way. It's hey, like, <laughs> how we doing? Were there periods? Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, this guy, this is the guy that did The Witch and The Lighthouse. So oh. he's got a real way of making things really creepy. I didn't see The Lighthouse, but The Witch was was nuts because they, he really made it look like it was like, you know, 1625. You know, he got a, mm-hmm. this look that, yeah. like, you are there. Tough to pull off when you're doing something that far back. And this is even further back. I think this is supposed to be like the year 600 AD. And they filmed a lot of it on location. I don't know if it was like Finland or whatever it was, but, uh, this thing, it looks like it's the real deal. You know, they're out there in the middle of nowhere. It's got that Monty Python and the Holy Grail look, where it's like, if you're not king, you're living in the mud. Oh, <laughs> and even right. if you are king, you're living this maybe like a foot off the mud. Right, you know? right, right. You got a you got a throne, but it's just a little bit off the mud. You know, Jason really, the mud. It's old times. But uh, anybody we know in that one? Well, Bjork's in it, playing a witch. <laughs> you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then what's his name that was in the la- that old that a uh, couple of years ago he's in that Tarzan movie uh, Alexander Sarsgaard Skarsgård oh, oh yeah 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 Skarsgård his dad was in the Thor movies um, right 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 uh, anyway uh, so he the only thing I can think of that he's been and he's been in a bunch of stuff but the last thing I saw him in was that Tarzan movie with uh, Samuel L. Jackson the second Skarsgård or the first Skarsgård the, the dad no, not the oh, dad. Well, yeah. it, it's not the dad. It's the son. Uh, Mr. Skarsgård. Um, the oldest, the middle, or the youngest? Oh, I didn't know there were three. Um, it's the guy that was in Tarzan. I don't know if that's... I think that's Alexander Skarsgård. Alex Skarsgård? He was also yeah. in Little Big 
lice or big little lice. Ah, and True Blood too. Mm. There you and go. Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know why around. it annoys me that yeah. I don't know why it annoys me that oh, yeah. Justine knows so much about the scars cards. Because <laughs> I didn't realize he was related to the their like younger brother, the one who does it. It. Oh yeah. They're related. Oh, They're like, oh the guy under oh I mean, the guy that played P- Pennywise, right? If you think yeah. about it, yeah, yeah. like Skarsgård, they gotta be related. Right. There's not very many of them in Hollywood. Right. You never know. You never well, know. Although it's probably like Jones, if you live in you know Scandinavia, it's probably like you know Smith or Jones. You know? Indiana <laughs> Skarsgård. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, this guy looked. I guess he worked out like every minute of the day for like you know for like five months. This is the kind. He's like doing a hell of a lot of his own stunts and sword work, and it's uh, it looks like the real deal. It was really good. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. I want to okay. see it. Definitely worth checking out, and I would say it's definitely worth checking out on a big screen if you can. Okay, black and white. No, but uh, it's that great sort of, you know, it's um. It's all like fog, you know what I mean? It's fog and snow and mud. So it's not black and white, but it's not a real bright color palette. It's all like, you know, it's all like uh, it's diffused, you know. Well, okay. It's all uh, muted, muted tones. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like the real deal, you know. A lot of times you do these kind of movies, it's kind of tough to make it feel like it's, you know, it always looks kind of Hollywood. Like, oh, yeah, you know, central casting Vikings, but they're wearing, you know. They stopped first at, you know, Western Costume Supply on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> they stopped first. This at- one looks like they really, I think they really were, like, filming it out in the middle of, like, um, actual locations. I saw this picture where they, they said, yes, for, like, four months we were standing in ice-cold water shooting this stuff. Yeah. You know, we were all, felt like we are going to die of pneumonia shooting this stuff. Okay, well, I'm going to, what do you give that I, one? I what do you give the, the Northman? Uh, I give that, like, a nine. Yeah, that was Ooh, solid. you liked it wow. better than Multiverse of Madness. I guess if you go say push to shove, the problem that's unavoidable with the Marvel stuff now is that it's very tough to do something that you haven't seen already. So as mind blowing as the new Doctor Strange is, the real mind blower was seeing it for the first time in the first Doctor Strange movie. The first time you see all that stuff sort of uh, go upside down and spin around like a kaleidoscope. It's hard to like, it's kind of like with Star Wars, you know, the first mind blowing couple scenes and then you'll never get that back. You know, you know what that looks like. So it gets a little tougher to kind of do the shock and awe. It's never the same after your first time. That's what the, yeah. <laughs> They'd say. You never Isn't that the tagline for you Red Panda? It wasn't that. Because hey, <laughs> it's a period piece. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> ah, yes, I see. Mm-hmm. There you Get it while it's hot. Uh, hey, how you doing? How you doing, John? Last week uh, we 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 teased something that we never got around to. We were talking about uh, for some reason the Steve Miller band came up, and uh, yeah, for some, yeah, for some reason, who was that? It was you. You were talking about what a horrible song Abracadabra was. But you I know kept, why I know it wasn't me because that's when when I listened to the show. That's when I was trying to get my internet back. <laughs> you guys, you guys proceeded without me. When I came back, I said, "Yeah, what a crappy song!" And uh, uh, I, I found the video. I sent Mario the video, and boy, was that a bad video! Man, wow, the eighties uh, had some really shitty videos. The whole song was bad, but uh, the whole yeah, oh, everything okay. was bad about it. But yeah, the uh, Pat Francis had uh, 
talked about that song years ago on another podcast yeah. he was on. And I'll never what was forget. his opinion? Yeah, well, somebody was talking about Steve Miller, and he just went, I heat up. Dink, dink, dink. <laughs> That's all you need to know. I can't tool them. God, the <laughs> yeah. lyrics of that song are awful. The last so good. I played it for Isabella, and she said the last three minutes sound like a space battle. It's not even a song anymore. It's just a bunch of guitar effects that sound like laser beams. It's why the it's why I hate the eighties. Everything is real uh, tinny and compressed, and um, you know uh, mechanical drums and all that shit. It's all that sort of squeeze down sound let me tell you let me like, tell you you know that that paul that uh phil collins sound you know or or like yes you know when yes had that comeback with owner of a lonely heart right uh-huh. all right. that stuff that sounds i don't know how, how else to put it it's compression it's all those those um uh you know artificial drums it just sounds awful i'll tell and you what i'll tell you what sounds great that i played for as dependence to make up for to the kid for uh, making her listen to that I gave her the I gave her a dose of Herbie Hancock's Rocket, and uh, boy, <laughs> Rocket, <laughs> she loved it. Weird ass music video. Yeah, that's a weird mm. video. That video gave me nightmares <laughs> as a kid. I was like, "What is going on?" I can see that. Right, that weird bird, and then the, the heads going back and forth, and the legs mm. and everything. And then Herbie's on the Dummy TV. Sex in that video. Herbie's uh, yeah, and then Herbie's <laughs> on the TV just playing the keyboard back hey, there. Dude. Watch the video. I'm what? not joking. Jay. Yeah, this dummy sex. It was an installation artist who, uh, uh, he was in, I believe he was from the UK, and he mm-hmm. did this thing with dummies where he made a move, kind of like uh, they, they all. It's weird, but they they set it to the to the music of Rocket. So I remember the video as much <laughs> as I remember the song. But when that song came out, every kid, it, it was coming out of every boombox. People walking around with boomboxes playing that yeah. song. And you had a slab of cardboard just in case anybody was ready to throw down. We're going to throw down right here. Uh, that was massively popular. That That's song played all year, yeah. That song was nuts. Uh, but yeah. The reason uh, why a lot of DJing got popularized too because that was still kind of new at the time. I right. think it was Grand Mixer DST did that shit. Right. They actually performed it on stage and they had him come out and scratch and that was the first time a lot of people ever saw that shit. Right, right, right. Wow. Uh, I was reading, the, I was reading the, when they made that song... Because they kind of talked Herbie Hancock into doing it because he was looking for something new to do, some kind of new sound. Mm-hmm. And they started, they took him to see Africa Bombada and a couple of other groups. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, I like this. Like, I, you know, I think we could do something like this. So when they had their first demo, they took it to a record store in New York and they just played it. And they said all these neighborhood kids just started coming out of the woodwork to see what it was. And they're like, yep, this one's going to be a hit. That's how they knew it was going to be a hit. So. They just played it. That out. almost sounds like a like out of the uh, Hudsucker Proxy, an aerial shot of kids running out the doors <laughs> to dance to it. All these kids like emerged and just like sorry, we just walked in the store to hear what the what the song was about. What year was that? Eighty three. Eighty three. Wow, that's so that that's way back. That's really far back. Right, right, right. You know, that's when hip hop was just coming to actually becoming say, sort of a. Stages. Well, I was in the, you know, it had been around for a while, but it was, it was just starting to get mm-hmm. organized. It was starting to get into, you know, or organized to where you could catalog it, People I guess. People started paying attention more. Right. What year is uh, all that Sugar Hill stuff? Uh, the um, 1980. Rapper's Rapper Delight? 1980. Yeah. Yeah, it's 80. John, watch the first episode of Hip Hop Evolution on, uh, on Netflix. It's fascinating. You'll love it. Just watch. I heard that. I've just heard the just watch the good. first episode, because unlike 
jazz or I mean you can with rock but you know rock comes from so many different influences hip hop is like the one recent musical form where it's cataloged people who were at the beginning are still alive so you can talk to them and you can find out and so there's all these people that were there like at the you know at the first dances where they started playing break these breaks you know like and just looping them together and doing all the stuff so it's fascinating oh wait a minute Rapper's Delight is 79. I just thought about That's that. right. Cause it, yeah, because there's that debate between which came first. It was that song and this song called King Tim III by the Fatback Band. People That technically came out first. Right. Mm. People say that that's the first real hip-hop song, but the Rapper's Delight was the one that blew up. The, right. And if you listen yeah, to everybody on, when they ask everybody who's like a like a true hip-hop artist, they all hate that song. But it was all, it was all <laughs> they could hear. Like it was, because those guys weren't mm. hip-hop guys. Those were like disco guys. They would talk mm-hmm. over the mic. They would do like a rap. That's how far back it is. <laughs> that you still have the bleed over from disco. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right I'm right. still in high school. When that came out, I was still in high school. Right. Right. That's but, crazy. you know, uh, yeah. Watch you know, it's it. like cause it's, that's happening at the same time as punk. It's almost simultaneous. Uh, simultaneous. Right. And that's yeah. why Blondie. I mean, out of, out of New York, right? Uh, that's what, yeah, Blondie's doing disco and uh, punk at the same time. Yeah. And, and Blondie kind of like, uh, she like takes, was a Grandmaster Flash, I think. Brent, she like took him to all mm-hmm. these. Uh, she took him to all these parties, like on the on the Upper West Side, because she was she knew about hip hop, and she's like yep. she kind of like uh, what would he call that? Not her protege, but she kind of introduces him around, almost like she's a like a patron, and uh, wow. and that's how he gets a lot of play, and that's why he <laughs> yeah kind of, and that's how he tur- that's why she does in in. Uh, What's the blondie? Me, my mother. In the blondie song, what's the blondie song with the rap? Where she rap, does the rap? Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah, yeah. Rapture. She. She mentions Fab Five Freddy and uh, and Grandmaster so Flash. Everybody's fly. Yeah, that's right. Flash is fast. Flash is cool. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's kind of so they are there. They do kind of. Uh, there is kind of a little bit of bleed over early on because they're both kind of. Because the disco and people it's all didn't happening want within right, like miles of each other. Well, they said it's funny, like geographically, it's all happening within 10 blocks of each other. Right. They, I forget what show. I guess I did see some documentary and they say it's all happening within 10 blocks. The punk scene, the disco scene and the, the hip hop scene, the, the nascent hip hop well, scene is all get, happening within a 10 mile radius of, in New York City. The, you know? Then you get guys like Beastie Boys who start out as punk performers mm. and, and then cross over. So there was some right. lead over there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, check out Hip Hop Evolution. It's good, man. That first episode is great just because they talk to the, all the innovators. Grandmaster yeah, Flash. Yeah. And, and I like Grandmaster Flash when he's talking about... Uh, he reminds you a little bit of Ricky Henderson kind of referring to himself in the third person. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. But yeah. Uh, how did we ever... Oh, because we're talking about Abracadabra. But yeah, that song sucks. And... Uh, <laughs> I forgot because you know what it is. My least favorite song is "We Built This City on Rock and Roll." It's an oh, awful song. Jesus Christ! Like period, that's oh. the song you hate the most. Like period, that that is my least favorite really? song. So good, so good. Why is I it hate good? That song for about, I hate it for three different right. reasons. Mm. I, I I agree with Mario. It might be like one of the worst song of the rock era. Period. Dang. And what is like <laughs> rubbing salt in the wound is. That is like the the remnants of the Jefferson Airplane that once upon a time was a revolutionary rock act, and they finish limping to the finish line <laughs> with the worst AM fucking tripe you ever heard in your life, <laughs> and you're just like, whoa! I guess it paid the rent because this is really 
the antithesis of, you know, volunteers or white rabbit or somebody to love, you know. We uh, built this shit. starship at that point? I think well, they, they changed three times. They were Jefferson Airplane, then they were Jefferson Starship, and by the time everybody had left, they just called it the Starship. I think it was one uh, person uh, left, yep. which is probably Grace Slick. At some point, Ooh. she leaves, and they just call it Starship. Probably like a lawyer said, you know what? There's nobody left. You can't call it Jefferson anything. You know, <laughs> that's what. It's not the airplane. It's not the Starship. You just have to call it Starship. And uh, uh, But fuck, no. that thing was a hit. But God, the worst. Just ugh, ugh. I agree, Mario. I agree. That might be the worst song of the rock era. It just might be. I think it is yeah. the worst song ever. Uh, does, do you guys have a, a song that you absolutely hate? Uh, Jake, what's your, the song you absolutely hate? You should be able to pop right off that the top of your head. Yeah, just a song you can't stand. I love the way you said that. Like, I'm not full of hate. I'm only full of love. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I? Justine, what's yours? Um... I want to say songs from the Vega Boys, or at least I'm blue. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Uh, the Vega Boys, the, the Vega Boys, like that one, the Magic Mountain commercial, or the ones the uh, I'm blue song. The, oh, the blue. That's Eiffel. Uh, Eiffel eighty-eight. Yeah, 60. Eiffel. Eiffel forty-five. Sixty-five. I don't know. It's one of the two. That's a pretty rough song. 65. I have 60. Doesn't matter. I think that's Ligma. Ligma. You like it? So listen up. Here's the story. No? No. It's pretty good. Brent, what's your least favorite song of all time? He's thinking. I'm trying to narrow it down. (laughs) I will say, if you was like, if it was like Impulse, like the first thing that came to my mind was Who Let the Dogs Out? I fucking did that. (laughs) I've always hated it. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. Like, even as a kid, I was like, "Turn this shit off, man." That's the problem. If like Mac- the Macarena. Bergfield hyped. It's just it'll never get anyone going. <laughs> because uh, somebody said it's all repetition. The people that that uh, do these things, like you'll have a hit, all you got to do is repeat the chorus ad nauseum. You know, mm-hmm. just repeat, 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 and somebody's gonna buy it. <laughs> y'all, y'all might not know because it's like it came out a few years ago. It's a song called Gucci Gang by a rapper named Lil Pump. That is one of the worst fucking things I've ever heard in my life. Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. John, he just said that's the whole song. He just told you that's the whole song. That's the whole song. That's all these Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. That's the you know, that's the formula. You just you, you can't go wrong. You'll get a hit if you just repeat it to death. You know. I'm an island boy. I'm an island boy. There's a lot of terrible. Like honestly, you can tell what song the most. You just turn the radio and probably whatever's playing. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's any any of the new country that's coming out. I'm like, ugh. ugh. You could just Is take it out even country anymore. You could take out the word really, new. I don't even know. I'd like to know why it's country because there's not a steel guitar within a hundred miles of these songs. It's all uh, auto tune. How do you know it's country? Just because it's on a country station? Well, because of what they yeah. sing about. They're singing about because I'm out by the river and I'm down by the creek and I'm drinking with my friends and I'm you know and it's that kind of uh, yeah. You know, it's You're a, right. It's the lyrics. Yeah. It's the lyrics. Somebody yeah. cut that audio and put a beat to it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm wearing my boots and I'm out by the thing and I'm a rebel and I fly and I fly. You know, and it's like. You're really good at that. I'm in the Piggly Wiggly on a Saturday night and I'm dancing around my truck. You know, it's that whole thing. You know, it's like. I'm going to call you tonight. 
I'm going to call you MC Jethro. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do I need to play a flute? There you go. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I was, I was I talking about know. this on the podcast not too long ago. I was like, every, all the music is just pretty much one genre. It's all pop music. No matter what you listen to, it all sounds the fucking same. There are no yeah. different There's that words. one song on uh, TikTok that sounds like a country song, but it's, uh, it's uh, like they're rapping country. And I hear it all the time, and I can't think of what it is. Mm. Uh, what did they call it? I heard it called Hick Hop. Oh, I'm there saying. we go. Oh. <laughs> that is great. Hop, that's good. That's good. I like that. The Hick from French Lake. It's, it's funny because I, I used to hear stories how they were complaining back in like 65. Uh, the hardcore country artists were complaining because they didn't think you should have any drums on a country song. And so you can only imagine. They must be like complaining about what's true. Yeah. And so they're probably rolling in their graves if they didn't like drums. I think it's my buddy Pat said like they started adding drums, like Buck Owens started adding drums. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not country. It's like, just you wait. <laughs> you think this is a problem? Adding drums to a country right. song? Just you wait a few decades. <laughs> he's, he's probably a bluegrass guy. Like if it if it doesn't have a banjo, then right. I ain't listening to it. I think uh, they've been arguing over what's country back. I think they were complaining about Hank Williams. I mean, whatever period they're in, they think the new guy on the block is not country because of fill in the blank. You know, Jake, I think they've been bitching about it going back to the 30s. You know, Jake, do you know what a general the definition? What was that? <laughs> I said, did Chris Gaines count as country? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that name just popped in my head. Who who was that that did? Was that, that Garth Brooks or something? I think it was. Trying to do that was like his alter ego, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who it was. He was like a wrestler. He That's had an right. alter ego. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jake, do you know the definition of a gentleman? You're gonna. You're just. What is it? Just tell me. Someone who knows how to play the banjo, and doesn't into this trap. <laughs> that's it's, the. It's a trap. That's a, that's the definition of a gentleman. Someone that knows how to, knows how to play the banjo. Someone that knows how to play the the banjo but doesn't. That's the definition of a oh. gentleman. That go. would be a gentleman. How about that? Well, in that case, Steve Martin is no gentleman. He's no gentleman. Oh. Nope, he's a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah, I could do without. I could do without bluegrass. Uh, bluegrass Steve Martin right now, like the elder statesman mm. Steve Martin. Mm. Uh, I could do without that. That was that was a softball. I it was pitching a softball to Patrick, and he just. He just took a swing at it. Where did, yeah, How well, about that Steve Martin? Well, yeah, you had to make up for spoiling uh, Doctor Strange for him like you did. Ah, you ah. big jerk. Well, what he doesn't know is that... I was Steve, knocking Steve Martin, too. I'm okay with it. What you don't know is that uh, Professor X was played by Steve Martin. Oh, beautiful. That would be well, great. I'm not fucking watching that movie. That'd be great. Well, you know, it is the metaverse. <laughs> it, yeah. you know what, the only thing that would be better was if... That uh, is the universe. The only At this would... point, I'm only watching Steve Martin movies if it's on the list. If it's not on the list and he's on the thing, I'm mm. walking away. Martin, so you're not watching that the, the uh, well, we, you know what we've you know what, Brent we uh, we've made him watch three. I think we that's it. It's zero for three. That's all he's uh, got. I, and then I still said, I think I'm such a knucklehead. I'm like, yeah, but what if he saw all of me? Maybe he'd like that one. And Mario's all, we just showed his first three movies. You really think he's going to come around right, for the fourth? Right. You know, it's like, you know which one is going to bring him around? Show him, bring it down the house. Oh. With Queen Latifah? With Queen yeah. Latifah? Make you watch that one. Oh, man. There you and, go. and Cheaper by the Dozen, those two. See? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't like Cheaper by the Dozen. There's no. I, you know what? I, you know what? I, I will boycott Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> 
I will walk out if we do any of those. Yeah, John will not. John will not uh, truck with any replacement of a, an original Lucille Ball movie. There's there's no reboots. <laughs> is that the one that they're uh, sending up in the uh, Licorice Pizza? That is the one they're sending up in Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. They got somebody playing Lucy. Oh, are they? Do Listen, goddamn it. Yeah. They don't use her name. They give her a different name, but it's obviously Lucille Ball saying, listen, God damn it. I'm not going to let any kid upstage me. I've been in this business 30 years. <laughs> what if, uh, hey, what hey. if, what if Miyazaki, <laughs> uh, Patrick, what if Miyazaki came out of retirement again? Mm. Only, but he's going to do an animated version of the life of Steve Martin. Like, what if no. that? No. What if Kurosawa came back from the grave and said, I'm going to do a new movie. And it's going to be with Steve Martin in the lead. Well, yeah, yeah. well, actually, here's a here's a good question. Uh, He's gonna do a remake of Ron with Steve. Is he Martin. doing the voice acting yeah. work? Yeah. What's that, Patrick? Is Steve Martin doing the voice acting work for the? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Watch it on mute. <laughs> I guess what is the not- artwork and the beautiful, you know, work that's been done, the illustration, and you know, fuck the sound. But it, no, so but Justine it's- was watching uh, that only murders in the building, right? I'll get really high and put the wall on in the background, and mm. I'll be good. <laughs> Hmm. What if they put him in Elden Ring, Patrick? Uh, a great boss to kill. <laughs> he would be the mind goblin. No, I give up on that game. He would. He would. Wait, uh, you know your hate run. Your hate runs deep. Hate yeah. runs deep with this one. I've tried. I've tried. Very strong. And that's the that's best thing to give you guys. Yes. You know, be great though, is if he saw pennies from heaven and went, "Okay, now this." Is a Steve Bart I can get on board with. <laughs> uh, hey, John, did you, did you know there was a Showgirls too, John? It's straight to video? Yeah, and that's the subtitle. The subtitle is Pennies from Heaven, I'm pretty sure. Whoa. Who's playing the main character? I'm about to find out for you. Elizabeth Berkley. Um, it is Showgirls no. too, Pennies from Heaven, I thought so. Um, whoever, Rena Riffle, whoever that is. Sounds Rena like Riffle. <laughs> oh, she directed it too. There you go. Hmm. That's always a good that sign. That was Paul Verhoeven, right? The Paul Verhoeven did the original. Uh-huh. Um, wow. Yeah, I didn't know there was a second. <laughs> Had to be straight to video. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh wow. How about that? Look at, the, look at them <laughs> gams, oh, yeah. huh? Now playing with striptease number two. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, that would probably be with uh, one of the Bring It On sequels that would be a double feature. Mm. Don't want Beyonce's sister in there. Oh, is there one with Beyonce's <laughs> sister in there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Which one's oh. that one? I have no idea. <laughs> we will only be watching the original for yeah, the digital movie oh, club. There so. were a couple sequels to that, wasn't there? Yeah, they were all straight to video. Justine's excited about the original, though. It's coming up. Hell yeah. Hell there's, yeah. There's six of them, John. Whoa. Six? So you know what that means? That means that's neck and neck with the Howling sequels. <laughs> Howling has got about six or seven. Seasons. How many of those are? Uh, how many of those star uh, Gabriel Union? Uh, one. <laughs> Just the first one, right? <laughs> or she's in one of the sequels? No, she's in the first one. Okay, that's it. Right. Nobody came back for the second, right? No, no, no it doesn't no. look like it. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's the way it usually works. Hayden Pantisiera, or whatever last name is, Pantiera. Pantiera. Yeah, Hayden did one of those. I know that. Fresh. Oh, she's, oh, she's an old Beyonce sister. There you go. Bring it on all or nothing from 2006. All or nothing. All Man, or they nothing. really up the stakes. They really up the yeah, stakes. Yeah, all or nothing. Yeah. 
Sounds like a different kind of movie. Hey. Oh, what the hell? That's the title? There's the last one that came out was in 2017. It's called Bring It On Worldwide. Hashtag cheer smack. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to do that one. Oh, my God. Hashtag Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Hashtag Pitbull. Wow. Hashtag... Like that, like that. That's that's your Mr. Worldwide right there. It's like those singing movies, um, Pitch Perfect. Oh yeah, mm. uh, amazing. Mm. Oh, don't, incredible. Don't get incredible. Don't get Jake started on those. He loves the vocal I a, acrobatics. I see a thread. It's like pentatonics, but with women. And that <laughs> yeah. Thread. Oh. yeah. So what would happen if pentatonics? Uh, Crash landed on an island with the uh, cast of uh, <laughs> Pitch Perfect. And Hopefully, the, the people from the tail end of the plane island. would come the over and kill movie, <laughs> The best movie ever. No, I think it'd end up more in, like, you know, the uh, the book. The can- uh, what's that book? Um, Cannibalism. I can't, you, why can't I remember the name of that book? Lord of the Flies. Oh. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was going to kill me. Jeez. They all resort to cannibalism. Who's like Piggy? The last one standing... Yeah, they the murder an innocent kid just because they don't like him. Right. Mm. I mean, to be fair, he is fat. And wore glasses. And wore glasses. Right. So, me. If you think yeah. about it, it's really like the real, the real world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, right. Mario, this is completely off topic. Who played drums for the Benny Goodman uh, band after Gene Krupa left? Uh, G- uh, he hired a guy by the name of Dave Tuff, who had been around. It was actually kind of a contemporary Gene Krupa's. Uh, and then after that, it was like a succession of drummers. Uh, he never had anyone as... I was clicking uh, around... Uh, he never... I was he, clicking around uh, Turner Classics, and they had him in color. It was a old movie from 43 called The Gang's All Here. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm, and I have not. Benny Goodman uh, and his band in color. And I'm looking at the drummer, and it's not Gene Krupa. And I'm going... No, it could have been... Trying to read the... Uh, could have been anybody. could have been, yeah. uh, at that time, Mel Lewis or... But uh, um, he never had a drummer that was uh, that took the spotlight again. He always had guys that were capable, but that weren't going to outshine him. So he was never there was never anyone, you know, as as uh, as remarkable as Gene Krupa. After that, it was he learned his lesson. I guess that was on purpose. He, yeah, yeah, he, he, learned, learned, his he learned he learned his lesson. All, I want you to be good, but not sublime. <laughs> right, I want you to be good, but don't outshine me. Don't outshine me, damn it! It's like me, like. I don't like when the crew gets zingers. I will mute them. So mm-hmm. I'm only the one. I'm when the one, really the Shake one. Jake hit a zinger right now. I love it. Jake, let's have that zinger. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's what a good host I am. I will lie about how good my co-hosts are to make them look better when I'm telling uh. a story about, you know what I mean? I, I know they're not capable. So that's what you've been doing. I know they're not capable of zingers, but I'm pretending that they're good. You know what I mean? So that just shows you why. Now we all log off. One by one, we all log off. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. <laughs> bing. Also, the you show, are now alone. The show will still go on, and I will talk about you are now alone. the quick and the Murray would say, alone at last. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Sam Raimi, we got the Sam Raimi movie coming up this week. Uh, we got the mm. Quick and the Dead. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's switch gears here. Oh, y'all have to pardon me. I'm very sleepy. I'm a very tired little little bear. Um, oh, everybody's logged off, John. It's just you and me. Finally, we can talk about the you stuff. You are now we, alone. 
We can talk about That's the, the stuff we want to talk about. We bring. The last time it was just you and me, I think we did two hours on David Bowie. <laughs> John and I can now talk about the wonders that, the, of Al Brindell. So it's mm. coming. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Only you, Mario, would know. What is the name of that movie he made where they just went to the moon? Uh, it was very, Just Imagine. Is that what it's called? Just, just Imagine. Just Imagine. Yeah. Just Imagine. Yeah. Just Imagine. Well, uh, imagine a uh, musical version of Metropolis. <laughs> right. <laughs> Made right. in America. <laughs> right. And you're like, okay. Of course that's what America would do to Metropolis. Make it a musical, cut it in half. <laughs> and we have El Brindel. John, how, do you, how do you feel about the Giorgio Moroder version of Metropolis? I hate it. But, oh, um, okay. when it, but when it came out, my God, a soundtrack by Adam Ant and Pat Benatar? Jesus Christ. Um, we went because he had cut, he had come up with some new scenes. And we said, well, we can take it to see the new scenes he had found like in his personally he had found like like four new scenes but that version is now completely moot because they found the complete metropolis about five years ago and you can see that now anywhere you, that's probably streaming it's on turner classics you can get the dvd the blu-ray upstairs now i got both yeah isn't that beautiful <laughs> i think it's just about the complete uh, and you know the whole story how they found it right i love that it's in a can for like a hundred years, it's been sitting in a can that was mislabeled. <laughs> and the, the guy just didn't want to cut it. Everybody got these instructions, you know, cut out a half hour, cut out two hours. He wouldn't do it. He's like, nope, it's perfect the way it is. Yeah. I love it. I love that movie. But when that came out, we went because we're like, well, what, what can you do? It's the shitty soundtrack, but you've got like an extra half hour of scenes, you know. Ugh. They tried to slightly so. colorize it, too, to put little tints on it and shit. You know, that's okay, because they, they did that back in the old days anyway. In the 20s, they would, they would tint, uh, if it was a night scene, they'd tint it blue. If it was something else, they'd tint it red. They kind of did that. That didn't bother me so much. I just thought it was a shitty soundtrack. And what, I walked out saying, this will be dated in a week. This soundtrack sounds like last year already. And so, you know, if you wanted to do something that was more like an instrumental, I could have lived with that. If it was just him on keyboards or something, that might have worked. But mm. Jesus, you know, that was just... Uh, not my favorite artists on that soundtrack, you know. Uh, we John and I saw we saw the cut up version with uh, we we did see the uh, Giorgio Moroder version. Uh, when yeah, we, when we, we went to the Orpheum, we saw it with a double feature with Freaks. But you know the movie's so good, mm. the music doesn't bother you. The movie's so good, you exactly. Can, yeah, exactly, you can. It was worth it. Mm -hmm. And also, where else were you going to see Metropolis on the big screen and like everywhere? You know that was kind of cool. If that mm -hmm. pulled a couple people into. Uh, being a fan of silent movies, it was worth it, you know? Right. And then you get El Brindell a couple years later, so it works I don't out. remember that. Was, that. was that a double feature really with Freaks? Are you joking? No, that's what we saw. We saw it, it was a Halloween. You and I went to the Orpheum in downtown. Ah. Spookarama, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. It was a double feature for Halloween. A with Christina Ricci double feature? Oh, yeah. Hey. Man, we got to do that again. Yeah. Weird. Man, seeing Freaks on the big screen, that is a disturbing. Right. Uh -huh. I'm reading. Uh, actually outbid David Bowie for the rights to that movie. Too. What is that right? I just no, read that. Yeah. No kidding. He paid really? two hundred thousand dollars for the rights outbidding collaborator David Bowie. <laughs> no kidding, because that might have worked. You know, something like Station to Station or Low that might have worked, because he probably would have resisted vocals. He probably just would have made it instrumental. Mm -hmm. Interesting. How about that? Gotta love Bowie. <laughs> You know what I always say? 
No, you don't. You know, Cohen. you don't because he was not able to pull that off. So I don't have to love Bowie. I love it. He failed us it. all. No, you don't. He failed humanity. No, you don't. He failed, he failed humanity the and then was like, hey, look at me in this cod piece. While I was just thinking, dancing you around could turn down the sound. If, if all you had to hang out with Muppets, that's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, people like turn down the sound on Wizard of Oz and play Dark Side of the Moon. Right. You could turn down the sound on that uh, Giorgio Moroder Metropolis and play Station to Station, and it would probably work better. <laughs> what if I. Uh, yeah, you know what I would do? Yeah, I would, I would just turn down the. Uh, the volume and play all Sinatra. Like, luck be a lady anything. tonight. Anything. Yeah, just anything. It works. Anything would work better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like Herbie Hancock would it. Oh, man. There you go. Pentatonics. <laughs> Pentatonics. Uh, just mm-hmm. to show my daughter, I, I, I played uh, Cantaloupe Island uh, by Herbie Hancock. And I was, mm. she's like, this is the same guy? And I said, yeah. She goes, He's got the range. I was like, yeah, he does. <laughs> That's good old Herbie Hancock. Yeah, and your daughter, is, your daughter is really uh, got a very uh, we, we eclectic to, taste. We listen to a lot of music. And then what's cool is she came home. I, I, she got home from school, and I was watching the video to rock it. Brett, I was watching the video. And she walked uh-huh. in, and she goes, I was just listening to this on my way home. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Next, Mario, would you, right. would, you, Next. would you disown your daughter if she was listening to the Beatles? If no, she was I mean, into the Beatles, listen, she's her own them? kid. She likes her own thing. You know, <laughs> Star Wars isn't her favorite thing. Uh, she has her own taste, but musically we we line up a lot. But but she also listens to a lot of stuff that um, she listens to a lot like a lot of video game soundtracks, a lot of stuff that just that's just wow. purely electronic that you know I cannot listen wow. to for more than while I'm you know. But she just listens mm. to it. it's on her playlist so. We 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 overlap sometimes, and then other times we. Um, but she can, I think, listen to a lot of jazz when she was growing up. I think that prepped her for just a lot yeah. of songs with no vocals in them. She doesn't yeah. need the vocals to to be yeah. entertained. A lot of people can't listen to jazz because there's no vocals, or you know the rhythms get repetitive or what have you. But yeah, isn't that funny? When you guys were talking about repetitive, when you were to, well, what song were you doing, Jake? You were doing uh, you were doing the oh. uh, the Gucci Gang. There's a there's a version of uh, there's a cover of "It's Your Thing" by the Isley Brothers. There's a cover of it that that guitarist Grant Green did on his album called "Alive," and uh, it is like a 10 minute song, and the rhythm never changes. But that drummer is is drumming some great break beats on it. But the the rhythm, the bass, and the they just keep doing the melody in the background. While he's doing, but it's a real, the, the it's a real drummer, right? Yes, and so the difference is you hear him because the the rhythm they never stop going doing that dun 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 dun. dun, dun. They just keep doing that the whole song, and they, uh, look it up, uh, Brent. I think you'll dig it. But it never gets re- it's repetitive, but it never feels repetitive because within the framework of that repetition, you have the soloist just doing their thing, you know. So. And of, also, I've heard people say that you can tell when it's a real drummer, it's okay if you want to play the. You, it's just there's something almost subliminal going on. You can tell it's a human being, right? You know, right, that's right. not just me talking. I've heard people say that that they say there is a difference between hearing 15 minutes of a beat that's electronic and then you hear like a drummer doing it. There's a difference, right? It may speed up, it may slow down, but you know that there's somebody living and breathing behind those drums you know and there's a there's there's uh you, you change the volume you um what's yeah. up what's up 
What's up, bro? I typed in that song and fucking Millie Vanilli popped up. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. I love it. That's hilarious. Justine's childhood heroes, Millie and Vanilli. You know it's true. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> did, ooh. One of them, uh, did one of them commit suicide? Did they jump oh, off of a building oh, or something? Shit. I don't know. Oh, just turn this around. Way to bring it. Yeah, I got to look that up. Man. Way to bring that's it down, good. John. We're just talking about Grant Green and... It's your no, thing. No, I'm talking about Millie Vanilli. You brought up Millie Vanilli. I'm talking about Did Shaft. one of them try to kill himself or what? Let's see. I'm trying to find that. Justine, we Sorry can see outside Justine's down. window right now. What's going Justine, on? Justine, I didn't mean to harsh your buzz. No, no, he didn't. He didn't kill himself. He died of an accidental prescription drug overdose. Okay. So he did, but he didn't. Not on purpose. So he did okay. and kind of didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, How about but, one of them like tried to jump off of a cliff or something or a building or something? Well, hey, way to bring it down, John. Here we okay. were just talking. Well, good show. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Yeah. Morongo. Good times. I don't do, wish do. him to jump off of, uh, out of a plane, but. Uh, uh, listen, yeah. John, it's, it's. Yes. It's time for a commercial break, but uh, we're not going to do what we normally. We're not going to do what we it's normally do. To- uh, you know, it's kind of comical, John, the way people yes. kick the word discount around. Okay. Because here at Zachary All. We've been we've been discounting clothes for close to twenty years, and when exactly. we first opened up on Wilshire Boulevard, people thought we weren't going to stay in business. And twenty six years later, here we are. Why? Because we offer quality at a discount. Zachary, what have you been watching that you remember Zachary All? <laughs> what have you been watching? Somebody, been watching, what is on YouTube? Somebody just think of Zachary. Somebody All? brought up Zachary All, and I was like, oh my god, I, I can't. I forgot about Zachary All. And, he was like uh, the Ralph Williams of. He was like the Cal Worthington of uh, suits. of suits. <laughs> you know, and uh, he'd come on the, at midnight, going, "We got tall port leads and short port leads." Yeah, <laughs> there, there was a, there was a uh, somebody, Zachary somebody at work brought it up, and I was like, "Holy cow!" There's one commercial that exists uh, online, and uh, let me hear. You know, it's really almost a comical thing the way people kick the word discount around. They say we discount. Zachary All has been discounting clothing for 26 years. When we first opened up, people didn't think we'd stay in business on the Miracle Mile for a month. 26 years later, we're one of the biggest clothing companies in the country. Why? Because we started out giving people value for their money. We gave them a selection that nobody else gave them. And we gave them quality. We stood behind the product. Come down to see us. Zachary All, no longer in business. I could never never figure out the uh, accent. Was, I don't know if that's New York. He or, was from New York. Uh, he was he was a, an Armenian gentleman from New York. Mm. But yeah, Zachary All. And and then I didn't know. And then I thought, what is Zachary All? Is Zachary the name? Is it the first name? The last? Yeah, name? Yeah, I don't know. His name Zachary was not. All. That wasn't his name. It was Zachary All. I don't know. I thought is that the? I thought maybe is that his name, Zachary All? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it had that weird building with the googie architecture with the letters outside. Yeah, and they always the guy, You know what it looked like. The, the the lettering looked like a uh, car wash, <laughs> or like like the, like the old Super A Foods. Remember Super A Foods? Yeah, they had those right, spires. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone now, Zachary. Uh, I forgot all about it. You know, there's some things that just barely exist. Like for like our parents or grandparents would remember uh, Madman Months, also <laughs> local LA guy selling yeah. radios and TVs, and. You know, what was it, Crazy Auto in the 80s? Well, right. Mad Mad Muntz with a little cartoon of his face wearing a Napoleon hat with crossed eyes. Mad Mad Muntz, he's going to give you this TV for, you know, $5. You know? Wow, that's crazy. 
Yeah. American Like your, your mom, I'm sure your mom remembers, ask her if she remembers Madman Months. It was, it was L.A. It's basically out of L.A. Wow. It sounded like John was telling a joke, but he actually just met your mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask your mom. Yeah, like your mom. Ask your mom about oh, Madman Months. Ask your mother. Yeah. No, I would have said, ask your mama. <laughs> that would be the way that, that's the way that would have gone down. I ask your mama. Uh, it was called, um, uh, save it for your, say hello to your mother for me, is what it was called. There you go. Yeah. It's called, kind of sloppy with your drink. I think he needs his mama. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kinda, wants kinda his. Kind of sloppy with your mommy. Hey, whoa. <laughs> uh, well, we're about to talk about all. We're we're about to talk about a lot of that because we're about to review Sam Raimi's 1994 classic, The Quick and the Dead. So we're going to talk about mommies? we're going to talk about moms. We're going to talk about dads. <laughs> oh. We're going to and of course sons. We're going to talk about sons and <laughs> Lieutenant Dan's, and we got a lot coming up in this week's episode of uh, the Digital Movie Club. So Patrick, why don't you go ahead and read us a little uh, little outline of Sam Raimi's Quick and the Dead. All uh, right. Quick and the Dead release. You want the background and everything and all yeah, that fun? Yeah, give us the background, baby. Give us the background. Uh, a synopsis. Uh, 6.5 on IMDb, 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Too low. Released February 10th, 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a budget of $32 million. That's a lot for what? I'm going to say this movie made $35 million. I don't remember it being a What was the budget again? $32. Uh, original 32? budget was $32. Mm. $45. I say $35. Ooh, I was going to say $42. Brent says $45. Justine goes with the Jackie Robinson, I'll $42. With it. I'll stick with it. $42. All right. Patrick? I'm going to opt out because I know the answer. Jake? Oh. I'll say I'll say 50 Fifty million. John, I think you should still play. Just make it interesting. <laughs> All right, I'll say it made zero dollars. <laughs> Patrick, uh, according to IMDb, it made grossed worldwide eighteen point six million dollars. Oh, but no. wait a minute, no. U.S. U.S. it lost money. Uh, so that yeah. was global. You say that was global. Okay, because in the U.S. it, it lost money. It right. didn't even break even. Right, it didn't break even. That's half. That's it. That was a flop. It probably didn't do well because Sharon Stone's character looked like she's in a, she's in a video from one of the Judds, and everybody else looks like cowboys. But the other than Judds, she looks like she's. They like, don't speak ill of the dead. No, no, oh, that's I mean, right. And Naomi or Why Winona. <clears throat> Justine, give us the breakdown. What is this movie about? Uh, if you had to describe this movie for someone who's never seen it, what would you say it's about? about a woman getting revenge and a guy not wanting to fight anymore. <laughs> oh, that's hey, that's pretty good. Oh, and freaking Leonardo DiCaprio at his hottest. Oh my god. He looks younger than he looks younger than Tom Holland has in any of his movies. So Justine is on board. He's been older than me, so I know what he looked like when I was. Looks like he's fresh out of high school. Was it? I was in love with that face, even when he did. Um. Oh my God! When he did Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. Is this? uh, This is gonna be a. Mm. Is this before or after Titanic? This uh, before in the dead. It's before. Before Before. he's so young. 
Okay. He's 21 mm-hmm. years old here, Justin. How, what year is this? Uh, 80 or 95. Is Titanic the next thing he does, or? I don't know. You want me to find out? Maybe sure. Hold beat. on two seconds. 95. <laughs> Titanic. So was... I'm nine years old. Yeah. No, this uh, is 97 not... came out two years later. This is 94. Did you have a uh, Leo lunchbox? He did Shakespeare. No, but... uh, or Romeo and Juliet in between. I had, like, like, the Tiger Beat poster of him. I used to have posters all over my room. Tiger Oof. Beat. I ain't heard wow. that in so long. Right. Tiger Beat. Does Tiger Beat still exist? I guess magazines don't exist. <laughs> do you, yeah. do you still? Just, I don't think girls don't even <laughs> save pictures like that really anymore. They're on their phone, they do. Do you yeah. resent Patrick for making you take all that stuff down when he moved in? Oh, shit. <laughs> take, it, take it down. Did he walk in the door and go, this has to go. It's me or Leo. Yeah, it's me or Leo. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I'm surprised you're still around then, Patrick. Yeah, I haven't been fired yet. Mm. We'll see. Now, Leo's cute with his <laughs> 90s haircut. He's always cute during that time. Right. She has a she has the posters of Leo in her closet. Oh, right. clothes. Is he he's wearing that, like, flower shirt. <laughs> he's crying. The cutest thing ever. Is he as is he as uh, handsome as Gene Hackman in this one? Hackman, <laughs> the bad I love guy. that. As who? <laughs> Gene <It's> Hackman. Dad. <laughs> oh him. Gene oh that guy. By the way, when Gene Hackman in this scene when he kills uh, Keith David, which I was very sad about, when he kills Keith mm-hmm. David and he gives him the speech about. Oh, it looks like I'm gonna. I'm giving you guys too much money. Obviously, you have too much money because you have money to hire a gunfighter. So I'm just gonna have to take more out of you. That is the persona. When I yell at you guys, that's what's in my head. Is this scene when I'm screaming at you guys? <laughs> Whenever I yell at the you're podcast, laughing you're laughing because you can't even say it as a joke. <laughs> but that's what I have in my head. You can't. You yeah. can't sell it even as a He's joke. He's so you good. Love us. He's so well, good. Mm-hmm. Hackman's always you good. Know? You know what? Who plays a... I, well, go ahead. Was Hackman ever a hottie? Ever? Well, you saw Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, you I've saw, seen him as a priest. Uh, Poseidon Adventure. I think some people had a crush on him in the Poseidon Adventure, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a priest and he was hanging on to the little bars. <laughs> I mean, that gr- the girl was like, you know, clinging to his arm. You know, I know you're a priest, but uh, hey, hey. There, look, at, look at young Gene right there, right out of the Marine Corps. There yeah. you go. He's he got hair. Plain. And that handsome man. He Look looks at him. so plain. He's not a handsome guy, but he's uh, a hell of an actor. So, I'll tell you. I don't know who plays a better bad That's guy. Gene after, Kelly. After, <laughs> That's Gene Kelly, yeah. Oh, they just put their own thing on there. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> I looked like, wait, that's not him. That Gene Hackman was great in Singing in the Rain. There yeah, he is. Man. There he is. That's about as leading man. That's as leading man as he ever looked. You know? right. It's probably like Bonnie and Clyde. Right. He's, he's playing the dopey brother in Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. God, he plays such a good bad guy. I was yeah. watching this and then remembering what he was like in Unforgiven. Who plays a better bad guy than, than uh, Gene Hackman? I know, man. Insane. Uh, so who who had never seen? There you go. There you go right there, Chrissy. What do you like, think, Justin? Look at that, hot, huh? He hasn't looked hotter since uh, Young Frankenstein, let me tell you. <laughs> oh. I know. you got to love him for his, that. His, his all-time oh, greatest role. What, where are you going? Yeah. He would probably say it's right up there. <laughs> where, where are you going? I was going to make espresso. <laughs> uh, 
He's so great in that. You really want more of him in that movie, but <laughs> fire is good. Fire is our friend. Um, so good. Uh, Cigars. <laughs> <laughs> and you, a mute, an incredibly large mute. <laughs> Me, a blind man, and you, a mute. Bump, an incredibly large mute. <laughs> Who had never seen Quick and the Dead? Anybody? Oh, Justine, you had seen it? Can't wait. Nope. Oh, you hadn't? Okay, everybody else had their hands up. So, Justine, let's start with you because you're, you you know, you kind of have taken to Westerns (laughs) since we started this uh, whole project. Westerns weren't something you were overly familiar with. You've liked several of them. And this, of course, has um, a strong female lead, which we know you tend to, you you identify with those uh, all the time. And then also you have a young Leonardo DiCaprio. So... I'm wondering how this movie worked out for you. What did you think? Give us, give us your breakdown. How many mops? <laughs> I was excited to see Leo, and he was so young. Like, he's about to hit the Titanic movie, so I was like, yes, this is like the time. Because in, in Gilbert Grief, you're like, no, 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 no. But then he gets a little bit older, and he gets that long hair, that, that 90s boy, teen long hair that every girl likes. Right. At least me, when I was that age. Anyways, uh, sounding really creepy right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's such a oh, he's such a young boy. Oh man, yeah, he's such a fine young man. <laughs> Just in your drooling. <laughs> and meanwhile, <laughs> let me get a handkerchief going here. Uh, um, I I just thought it was. It had good moments, and then it just had cheesy, really bad. Like when they show her as a kid, I just got over it. Why do we have to show this like, no. five times? Wow, you didn't like all the flashbacks. <laughs> they showed they did it, and every then when time they the did, every time they did the little clock thing going sideways, and then the well, like Sam the whole Raimi camera. Right that's very <laughs> Sam Raimi. That's very yeah. Sam Raimi. I couldn't do it. That was too much. I was like, what is this? Did we just find out we can tilt the camera and zoom in? And- hey, go easy on Sam. Is that what, is that what hey. Ace Ventura, when Nature Calls, used? Do you remember, guys? You guys remember that when they were doing the, or he was uh, rappelling over the chasm, or over the... Oh, that was making fun of Clint. Saving the raccoon? Oh, yeah, that's true. Never mind. Carry on. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Yes, just eat. <laughs> it was, like, as I was saying, as I was saying. <laughs> Before I was rudely interrupted. What I wasn't sure about was, did she sleep with Leo? I thought she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. They kind Absolutely. of she had her ass out, but I was like, isn't he uh, really they, young? Yeah. Well, it's the Wild West. Nobody cared back then. Yeah, there you go. On the nose. On the nosey, Brent. <laughs> Although she did, later with the dudes. I was gonna say, although she did kill a guy for basically doing the same thing, she just did. But that's okay. <laughs> hey, that Mario. It's over here. It's fine. I love it. The double standard. Hey, I think that's a double standard. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> on that one. That's true. Well, he did. Oh, he said he got her drunk though. He mm. did say that. Well, I think drunk. no, I don't think it, they do it the first time. But it's after he after he wins. When she kisses him, I think that's when that's when it happens. No, I mean, no, I think that no, they, they smash her before that, bro. When she yeah, wakes up, my because it's his house. It's his uh, or should house. It's his yeah. little room up there 
above yeah. the whorehouse or whatever. Yeah. Right. Nah, That's they true. Smash Mario, dog. Okay. <laughs> they was dynamite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they was knocking, knocking cowboy boots. Knocking hey. boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justine's thinking about it. She's thinking. About it. Uh. Yeah, it was. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it kind of just. Just seen the finale. It didn't uh, blow your mind. I mean, you knew when she's like, "Oh, I need ink." I was like, oh, "Okay." I didn't hear her say that. That kind of got me. I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then she goes, "What?" She goes, "All of it." She's all, "Tap, tap, tap." Red ink, and I'm like, "Doy." <laughs> and she's also tapping. She's tapping on those kegs of dynamite under the bed too. <laughs> uh, Justine, did you have a favorite character? The kid. Yeah. Just cute. Yeah, yeah, the kid. Oh, oh. I was about to say, which kid? I love the one he got shot. I love the one he got shot. That was the saddest thing to watch. It's like, a, I forgot what he said, and I, I was like, oh, shoot, it's just like him dying in Titanic. Yeah. Well, I, laughed, I laughed so hard at that scene, and I got to ask you if I misheard this or not. But um, when he was sitting there dying and crying and everything, Gene Hackman walks over there, and he says something like, yeah, I was never sure if he was mine or not, yeah. or something like he that. He says he was a farmer, but he's not my son. Like, I, yeah. I laughed so fucking hard. No, right after, he, right, after he, right after he dies, Gene Hackman says, it was never proven he was mine, is what he says. Yeah. Right. I was in tears, bro. I laughed so hard. I'm like, that's grimy. I love it. Like, he wasn't mine probably anyway. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what makes him even better. He doesn't, he's like so unaffected by it. Like, the first words out of his mouth were, wasn't my kid. Like, it wasn't mine. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. My favorite yeah, movie movie. Did that to Gene Hackman's character, though, because he's such a, he just doesn't care. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, back down. Don't go in this competition anymore. And I just thought that was weird. Like, why are you carrying. I don't know. That's a that's about as soft as he gets. Not not terribly soft, but he's he's saying uh, there's a part of him that's like, why don't you stand down? The time will come. This isn't it. Uh, pretty hard ass. Until he gets that uh, gets grazed in the neck. Finally, you see that he's got he, he's not invincible. And that was the point, you know, to show that he's not invincible. You know, this kid almost got him. Bruce Campbell in this, but he. Was I was looking for him. They edited it out. Yeah, it's a, he plays somebody said, named uh, Redding Chimp. So they always use the word yeah, shemp. It's a three stooges term. They use always or use like the word false shemp. They always use the word yeah. They always use the word shemp. And there was a there was a going to be a scene with a wedding, and he was in there. So he's oh. in the he's in the credits, but he's not. His part was cut. Oh, they probably laughed their ass off because it's a scene that's not even in the movie. You right, know? right. Everyone's going. They probably love that. Everyone's scratching their head, going, "Wedding? When was there a wedding?" You know? Right, right, right. Uh. Jake, you had never seen this sucker. What did you think, Sam Raimi? Oh, uh, it's like it, it's like it had me, and then it lost me, and then it had me, and then it lost. It was like the whole time I'm like, okay, this is get. Oh, this is I don't know about this, and then oh, okay, this is getting kind of cool. Oh, never mind. Hold on. Where did Especially, you land? Yeah, those flashbacks. Those flashbacks were getting annoying. As the first time, I'm like, okay, I can kind of get it. But then every time they do the flashback, it's like they show two more seconds, but they replay the entire flashback. But it felt like, right. In case you forgot. And how and many, in case you forgot 20 minutes ago. And how many Batman yeah, movies have you seen? Yeah, but it's not in the same movie. <laughs> mm. I'm just asking. This is, this is all in the same movie. I'm just asking. It's just... Is too much. It was just too weird. much. Wow, flashbacks. But I liked that's weird. Stone's character. I'm like, okay, she's kind of cool, and then she. Uh, mm, mm, I don't know. <laughs> what did she do that hurt you? What, what what bothered you? 
It was like she was a total badass, and then the second he was around, she like to- completely crumbled. I'm like, come on. Th- that's terrifying. That's the man who cured her daddy, though. Yeah. Well, te- yeah. I guess not technically, but whatever. Did you that guys? That was a shot of realism. I mean, she did. It wouldn't have been very realistic if she hadn't been a little nervous around him, you know? That's true. That uh, yeah. surprised me. I didn't that's expect true. that. What did you guys? What movie yeah. did that? Did I that? Didn't what movie did that uh, recall in your mind? What movie? Did, that scene where you finally figured out what happened to her dad. What scene did that recall in your mind? Did it a western? Maybe we visited during our that we've all seen. That we've, we've all, all seen. seen him. Did anyone call back think, to think Charles Bronson? What? I wasn't here. For oh, uh, <laughs> freaking uh, Blondie. No. No. No, 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 no. Time in the West. Yeah, that's right. With the harmonica. That's right. At the end with uh, the harmonica. I'm just saying, that reminded me. That's it. Good for you, Patrick. See, nice. Patrick doing all, Patrick doing the legwork, as always. Doing the legwork. Yeah. <laughs> fairly, anybody who's seen that movie, it's fairly obvious, that thing at the end where you go, what's driving this person? And you realize when he was a kid, he watched, you know, and it, it was even another lynching, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, and, making kid, and, and making the kid do it, you know. Both movies are making the kid do it, you know. Patrick, really sick. Uh, Patrick, we'll get back to you in a second. Jake, what did you? Uh, <laughs> did you have a favorite character? Uh not really. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was like, eh, I, I did like Sharon Stone. Like, I, I, I think I liked her for a good chunk of it, and then kind of, I don't know. Is this movie's okay? My fine. biggest problem with this movie, and and don't get me wrong, the effects I, are terrible. I, what? No, effects are great. What are you talking? About? I, you know what? You know what? You know what part, Brent? And I don't know. If I, I knew you were gonna laugh. There were two things I knew you were gonna laugh. When when the two guards get blown right off the clock at the end, they go flying. Love it. <laughs> and then when when G. Hackman does the backflip at the end. I was like, Brent. Oh yeah. my god, that part is yeah. shot in the head and then yeah. gets knocked back like twenty feet. No, the, the scream sold it too. The scream was like, I like loved it. Okay, okay. I knew and it. What was it? It was a shot when the um, what's the what's the Native Americans guy who got like she like can't die. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot his name, but yeah, spotted his horse. Name. Yeah, spotted horse. When he gets shot through the head, and they do the and they do the shot where they like. Show like the hole through his head, right? Right, he falls down. I did that with you, yeah. Oh my god, this is this is ridiculous. I loved it. I'm parked up in my seat when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, uh, my only complaint about this movie is I they don't spend enough time with each of the fighters to really you don't really get to know. They're all kind of types that we've seen. Like Keith David is obviously like a nod to like the Lee Van Cleef in, in uh. In um, yeah, uh, what's not it uh, for a few dollars more and uh, like uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. He's kind of that character, the aging gunfighter who's like they they pay him. Uh, you know, there's all these types, and so I just wish we had spent a little more time. I like the Lance Hendrickson character. I thought he was interesting. I like that he turned out to be like a total liar and a fake. And I wish they would have just spent a little more time setting everybody up before you kill them off. Would have been nice for me. Give it a little more meat, but they really want to focus on that story. Less flashbacks, yeah. Sharon less flashbacks, and more focus on the character. I don't understand why the flashbacks. Maybe it's a maybe it's a generational thing. The flashbacks really don't. They're bother not very. Me. They're not very long. Those flashbacks are not very time consuming. You 
They just give you a little contact. It happens so much. I think it's. it's I think there's like Sinise needed a paycheck. Right. <laughs> every every time you get a little bit more, you get a little bit more of the story. Needle it out a little bit more. Yeah. That doesn't bother me though. But I mean, if that's if it does bothers you, hey, that's hey, what? That's why you what score. Th- this, this director do. Evil Dead. It's One, fucking two. Sam Raimi. It's Sam Dark Raimi. Man, Dark Man. Dark Man. Spider Man. Army of Darkness. <laughs> Evil Dead One. Evil yeah. Dead Two. That's right. why the are so stupid. Because you see a hole in the snow, oh. and I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's the best <laughs> stuff. Am I watching a joke right now? Oh. That's the best stuff. How are you going to make such a serious story about her, but then it, it's so just... Here. Ridiculous. Have you ever it's seen Sam Raimi? Have it you... was I'm watching Batman. Like I really wish this was just like a Batman thing because it just seemed like that. Have you ever well, John, seen? I can't wait till she sees Doctor Strange now. Right. Yeah. I'm telling. I'm telling you. Have Look, you ever? Have I don't you ever know seen how... Drag Me to Hell. No. You should. Oh, you yeah. Check it out. That's another movie. You'll hate it for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching it. You know what movie? You know what scene? Like... You know what scene got me in that? With without spoilers, Brent. Where I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure which way the movie was going to go until the stapler, until the stapler. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, I was like, hey, I Sam, Sam Raimi's kind of playing this straight. Then I was like the stapler scene. I was like, oh, OK, it's Sam Raimi again. We're back. Hey, Justine, do you, you when the last time you watched Spider-Man 2? The old one. Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire one. Doc Ock. I didn't see it. Oh, you never seen that one? I had to rewatch those movies because I didn't know what was happening in the Spider-Man movie. Did he direct the third one too? Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't know who any of the bad guys were. Now I was wondering because there's a scene where like Doc Ock first like becomes like a bad guy and he has a shit flying all around killing all the doctors in the office. I wonder how you feel about that because that scene has a lot of this stuff too. But I love that scene. That scene is my favorite scene in the movie. Like totally get it from comic. Yeah, this is kind of a pulp. Like, what is this movie? Is this movie supposed to be serious? Because no, she she's playing it serious, and so is um yeah. That Gene Hackman. So is the preacher Gene Hackman. Yeah, him. Well, Gene, and then they uh, that guy, the pro. Yeah. Yes. I was a They're gladiator. So that guy. <laughs> that guy. It's John Marcus. Arena. You know, um, the one who hit her with that chick with the telephone. That guy. Yeah, that one. <laughs> You know that serious. They have a serious tone to it. They have this whole background, and then everything else around them is so cheesy. I just don't get it. You know, you have a point, Roger Rabbit. You have a point. (laughs) You have a point, Justine, in that the tone is a little uh, schizophrenic because there's a lot of scenes where they seem to be playing it dead serious, and then there's scenes where it's real, and then there's scenes where it's real comic booky. And uh, but then you think like the uh, fistful of dollars, and for a few dollars more, that's got some pretty crazy, uh, overblown sort of comic booky uh, stuff, too. So it is possible to have it both ways. But there were moments where I thought, gee, this would have worked if he'd played it dead serious. It's kind of fun to see all the comic booky stuff. But right. it, almost seems like it's, it almost seems like it's two different movies. Russell Crowe does seem to be playing it dead serious. And Gene Hackman, too. It's almost like they're in a different movie. And then all the silly stuff, all those peripheral characters, all the, the town drunk and the henchmen and all those guys, they're all playing it like it's a mad magazine, you know, like, oh, 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 I want to be, you know, it's all that sort of, you know, inbred, you know, whiskey breath and all that stuff. But <laughs> even his makeup is so different, like his um, knuckles being all messed up, like his hands, like he looks tortured and like you yeah. get that from what's happening. And with her, she's dealing with her emotional stuff. Absolutely. Then- I agree with you. He's like this really great evil guy, but then you're like, what is happening? But it's not enough. 
it's not enough to ruin the movie for me. I still get a kick out of all the comic book stuff that, uh, and all the stuff that's over the top. I love all that stuff with the gunplay. I just thought that was beautifully done. And what a cast. My God, there's like five just really solid performances, and you just got to love. Um, I forgot how, how good Russell Crowe can be. Sometimes you just sort of like forget, you know, that he could be real subtle. You know, he's pretty underplaying in this uh, movie, but it works 100% to slowly figure out that he had this history of writing with the Gene Hackman character. And uh, I think this is one of Hackman's best performances. I don't know how he felt about it. Maybe he thought he was, it was a silly movie. But he is playing this thing 100% to the bone. Uh, you know, irredeemable bad guy. You know, right to the end. They never and proved it, it he was mine. They never proved. You know, he never, just yeah. the way he matter-of-factly exactly. says it. You know, they never proved he you know, was that, my son. I think he brings <laughs> up the quality of the movie. It, it is true that Sharon Stone looks like she wrote in off of a perfume commercial sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't quite buy it. But what the hell? She's like an executive producer on this movie. I don't think this movie gets made without her. She's the one that said, uh, let's go with Sam Raimi. She's the one. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think she said, I won't make it. You get somebody other than Sam Raimi, I'm not going to do it. They were kind of kicking around directors, and she says, well, I'm a co-producer, and if you don't use Sam Raimi, I'm not going to do it. So whether you think she's great in this or not, the reason it's happening is because of her, you know? Uh, no, and, I thought uh, she was very Hackman, good. I, I thought the, was one of his all-time great. I thought the whole scene with her at the, at the dinner table, I thought all that, that she played that very well. I thought that, uh, that yeah. was a great you, you forget, yeah, Sharon, you forget she's a good actress, too. Get, you, you forget sometimes. Cause yeah, she, she doesn't get blown how many people can go toe to toe with uh, Gene Hackman and and uh, and hold up? Right. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> Think about the day she's filming that scene. I am going toe to toe. It's just me and Gene Hackman. Well, same for uh, gonna be same yeah. for Leo. Same for my boy exactly. LDC. You know, he's a young and Leo's kid. great in this too. <laughs> for as old as he is, he plays it just right. You know, just cocky and hasn't seen enough life. He's good with the guns, but has not seen enough life. To know that he could actually go down, you know. So, I do love the scene where they trick you, where it looks like he's been shot and he falls to his knees and he's like, oh, he drops to his knees. Yeah, he's like, oh my yeah. god, yeah. can I really be that is good? It possible? <laughs> <laughs> is it possible? <laughs> yeah, that is great. Uh, Patrick, what did you think, sir? Uh, hot take. Ooh. I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, when I found out this was a Sam Raimi film, uh. I was I was expecting you know a little bit of uh, oomph in there for mm. me and really I think so. This is my biggest complaint about the film. <laughs> Obviously, the pacing's off, and that's that's typical for Sam Raimi and stuff like that. And then the characters are underdeveloped, and you don't get to spend. They're interesting characters, don't get me wrong, but you don't right. get the opportunity to spend any time with them really. Like the preacher's back history, it's nice to know that they used to work together and that. You know, they had a falling out, but you don't really see that falling out. And I think that it kind of almost hurts it in a way to not really bring you into uh, investing into that character a little bit more. Right. Um, so it, it's the characters for me, like it, interesting as they were, because like you you can tell that it was done with a comic book eye because anybody who's a semi main character is a little bit more flamboyant. The style is really um very like the the costuming was done fantastic but they they do a really good job of really illustrating them as unique individual people but don't invest in the backstory for each one that i think would have benefited them a lot but my biggest complaint about this film 
Um, yes. Is that it was not Sam Raimi enough. Oh, yeah. you felt. Uh-huh. I think that this movie would do a massive improvement to push more into that kind of ridiculous side of things. And like they 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 had parts of it. And when I first saw it, I didn't actually know Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi directed it until after when I was looking it up. Um, it, when I first saw it, it felt like to me like it was a Sam Raimi film. Someone was trying to copy his style. Okay. But were <clears throat> a little bit too mainstream and couldn't get it. So when I found it, I was like, okay, I, I, I can see like his hand in there 100%. It's just it needed more to make it just a little bit more ridiculous. Like the, the gunfights, when somebody gets shot through the chest and you can see the reflection of the light, you mm-hmm. should see a massive blood splatter flown out behind them. Or like, yeah. you wanted to... Yeah, I you wanted, wanted it to be more. goofier? You wanted I, it to be... <laughs> yes, because story was Hell so yeah. dark and so heavy that those moments are really kind of... They stand out a lot more. You know what? Looking through, you would push looking all through the, the hole and... Yeah? It, it works a little bit and it kind of balances itself out. Hmm. Patrick, do you think it would have worked? And I've thought about this movie a lot. Because this is a movie that if you told me... <clears throat> this is one of the movies that I don't think about immediately, but... We've talked about this question, like, what movie do you, would you remake that's kind of a near miss? Uh, it would probably be one, this would probably be on that list somewhere hey, for me. I, I agree, I agree. I think that it, it could do with, and <clears throat> Sam Raimi directs it again, right? Like, I think that right. he should direct this film because there's something there. Like, the concept is fascinating. What do you think if it would have been, for me, I think what it is, is I think the idea that they're doing kind of a a, a dual thing limits his... He's only able to do certain things. I would want to see Sam Raimi do like a full-blown Western kind of in yeah, the yeah, Sam Raimi style. Cool. Like, I, like I you know, following a posse or following a gang of bandits. Absolutely, 100%. Right. I like, remake Winchester 73, but let Sam Raimi be the guy <laughs> looking for the gun. <laughs> like, you know, even, like, do something you know, like that. Like, even for this one, if you were to do the duel still, like, keep it as the duel, but reduce some of the people in it so it's not this massive round robin and take it from I think it was 14 guys all the way down to like six okay right to make the fights a little bit more dramatic because the you know black uh screen scene with the spinning and you're just kind of like great like yeah but you know what's gonna happen then montages I've ever seen. you're gonna have to have more flashbacks if that's the case and then that's okay to fill out again, the story I think that I, 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 the flashbacks for me didn't bother me. I, I was okay with them. It was more of because you're a grown up. I don't think there was, <laughs> I don't Whoa. think there was again enough invest in each, in each of the characters. And mm. I think that it could do with a little bit more investment uh, for them. Okay. I, that's fair. This, like I said, this movie kind of misses for me. It's not my favorite Sam Raimi. I always want it to be a it little bit. It could be really good. <clears throat> I think it just needs more. I always want it to be a little bit better than it is, but I'm still entertained when I watch it. Like I'm still, it's still mm. a fun way to spend, you know, a couple of hours, yeah. and you know, I like the characters. It's a hell, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't hate it. I just, I think that for as fun as it is, I think it could be a lot more. And I think that the story is just so dark, and the whole situation when you look at it without any of the humor is a really fucked up story. It's a story about a girl who ends up killing her father uh, because a, a man forced her to do it and her whole seeking of revenge. Like, it's pretty fucked. Right. 
Um, and very typical for a western, very, kind yeah, of a typical they, they western. Just, though they don't, you know, they they, it's such a dark story that they don't do enough to uh, make it work. Okay, would you be happy if they had gone one direction or the other? So either make it sillier or make it more serious or. I think story-wise, it was really good. Like, the story is intriguing, and it's... it's Hackman does a fantastic job. He's a, an amazing villain in this, and it's you want to know more about it. Um, I just think you take the serious story and you, you par it with you know, a little bit more gore and, you know, realism as far as mm-hmm. the death and destruction, and I think it works a lot better. Yeah, I'm always surprised <laughs> at how... Sam, how much restraint Sam Raimi showed with people getting killed. This work. is a lot of restraint for him. I was like, mm-hmm. you look at Evil Dead, and then you look at this, and you go, these are like different right, directors. Right, right, right. It's almost, well, he probably got it out of his system. He probably thought not. It's that. I think the studio not, wasn't going to let him do it. Like, it's you look wonder. at all the big actors in this film, and you're like, they had to have been like, if we're going to have to use Sam Raimi, we're you know going to make sure that he does the movie the way we want it. So yeah. I wonder if, all audiences. I wonder if he was constrained. I didn't read anything about them making a studio cut or telling him it had to be toned down. I wonder, I wonder if he, I wonder if he had some constraints or if he was, had a free hand and and this was his decision. I wonder. This doesn't feel like a rated R rating to me. It feels like a PG 13 rating. Like it's 30 years ago. I mean, even 30 years ago. Yeah. But still, it's just, I will bet you when they saw, when they saw the whole blown through, uh, you're looking through the back of, uh, Keith David's head, they probably said, well, there's your R. You know, if you're it's looking the through most, it's like, unrealistic, you know, part of the film. Hmm. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out. It sounds like you're saying go one way or the other, but you're not. You're not I saying make it all silly. Story as it all is, serious. I think yeah. even if you know, there, there is issues with the story and there's issues with characters that you're not getting enough out of them. Mm. But even it, as is, right? Like, leave everything as is, but increase mm. the gore and the kind of ridiculousness mm. of some of the fight scenes, and I, I think it improves mm-hmm. the film. Hmm. Interesting. Not gory enough. Yeah, honestly, like, I I, I wanted I- more of that because I think it, it would have, you know, some of the pain, like the death scene with um, Leonardo was, you know, incredibly depressing and heartbreaking, but there's not enough emotion and time spent on that moment for you to be like, mm-hmm. fuck, like, that kid died. You know? Hmm. hmm. I thought the opposite. I thought that was the only time we saw him show any kind of real emotion when he's like, I don't want to die. I thought that no, was it, I agree. It was. It just, I don't think we dwelled on it enough. Hmm. Uh, all right. I'm going to go back and read. I'm really curious. I'm really curious. I have no idea. I'm going to try to go back and read and find out if his hands were tied or if this is the cut he wanted. I feel like sometimes things are taken away. I you feel like, like uh, he had a d- definite, uh, uh, vision of what he wanted, and I think he carried it out pretty close to what he wanted. I, I feel like that. I feel you like know they brought John. You know they brought John Sales in to rewrite some of this, but they ended up cutting everything he wrote. So weird. And so they said it was kind of like a waste of time. The studio did say we want you to fine tune it. Try this guy. I think even Joss Whedon had a hand in uncredited. He doesn't get a credit. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon tried uh, tuning up some of the the scenes and dialogue. But they said when it really got down to what made it into the film, none of that John Sale stuff made it into the film. So they said it was kind of a waste of time. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just at the writing stage, yeah. All right, Brent, let's talk about it. You had never seen this one. You're a Sam Raimi guy, obviously. You're not a huge Western guy. Yes, sir. What did you think, sir? Before I tell you what I think, and I read some of this trivia for you real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please do. 
This is what you Sharon do over Stone a... was insistent that Leo appear in the movie, and she paid him personally. So she paid wow. me. Uh, wow. Justine. Uh, the scene where Gene Hackman lightly slapped Sharon Stone, that wasn't scripted. And that was a real reaction from her when she jumped at him. Wow. Oh, what else I see? Oh, the their original ending didn't work, so he went to Sony Pictures and they brought the movie and fixed the ending. So I guess the ending was all Joss Whedon. Ah. Um, it says Sharon Stone named Russell Crowe as her favorite on-screen kisser. She didn't feel the same about Leo saying that it was about the sexiest kiss in my arm. <laughs> she wasn't a fan of kissing Leo. <laughs> Is Justine still there? <laughs> you got to kiss your arm. It's the same as kissing Leo, Justine. He's like 21. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. That's not, when you liked him the most. I'm about to say, that's what you just said. Yeah. That's prime Leo. Well, I would have been nine and I would have been like, hell yeah, this is the best. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so, Brent, say that again. The ending was uh, was Sony's idea. Was it going to be something else? or? Um, Sam Raimi went to Sony about the ending and they brought in Joss Whedon and he tightened up the ending. He probably, I guess he was the one that made him flip in the air, I guess. Ah. Uh. <laughs> There's that Buffy the Vampire Slayer look there. <laughs> there you go. I read that they shot a sex scene between Sharon Stone and Russell ah, Crowe, but I they did. kept yep. it out because it was only for international because uh, Sharon Stone thought it wasn't beneficial to the story at all. Mm. That is a Good. real woman right there. We do not hey. need boobs. We don't need sex all the time. Yas, queen. So the French, that's great that Europe said there's not enough fucking in this movie. <laughs> we need more fucking. I did see this is Russell Crowe's first American movie, too, I did read. Ah. Yeah, she had seen him in Romper Stomper, right? She's the one that said, hey, he's gonna, he'd be good in a Western. What is it mm. called again? He was in a movie called Romper Stomper. I think it was Australian. Yeah. Why do you like, well, just see, why is that funny? I'm going to need you to explain why I that's didn't... funny. It either sounds like someone's dancing or it's something dirty. I'm about well. to leave it something dirty right now. I think he was like a, he's a skinhead or something. I think he's like out of prison or something. I never saw it, but is it uh, slang for something? Oh, it's an Australian term for a neo-Nazi. There you go. Nah. How do you feel now, Justine? <laughs> How do you feel now? You you still got the giggles? Whoa! You still got Jeez, the giggles Dr. over giggles. there? Where's your Where's Dr. your giggles. Where's your Moses now? Brent won't be Brent won't be happy until we've seen that. <laughs> One day, let me make y'all watch that. I'm going to bring it to Cali. I had there you go. There you go. Uh, um, but in terms of the movie, though, Mario, uh, it was all right. Right. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm with Patrick, but I would go even harder. I, like, honestly, Sharon Stone could get the fuck out of here. Russell Cole could get the fuck out of here. Get rid of them characters entirely. Get Keith David or just get fucking Bruce Campbell. Make them the lead character. Make the shit goofy as fuck. I want, I want people to... <laughs> people get shot. Blood flies out everywhere. The sunlight comes through, and we see the, <laughs> the, 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 the head. The camera angles that Justine didn't like. I want all that shit mm-hmm. amplified. I yeah. think, yeah, I think it was having a slight identity crisis. I think go, you know, full Ash versus Evil Dead, right? Exactly. Go ahead. I mean, commit. commit I would have been something. I, yeah. Okay, they just if I. I would have been fine with that. It's a goofy movie, but it had serious mm-hmm. things in there, so I don't know how to feel. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Just like, fuck it. Just get rid of all the serious characters and just get all the goofy shit popping. I would have liked it way more because anytime the dramatic stuff was happening, admittedly, like I fell asleep at one. I nodded off for a second. Right. But whenever they were doing those camera angles and shit blowing up and they doing like yeah. the, mon- the black screen montage you talked about, I love that shit. I was hype watching that little montage. 
Uh, the that, music was good. I wanted to see the fights. Like, I wanted to see them fucking pop off. That's true. But I did like the way, if they was going to do it, that's how I like that way they did it, though. It's artsy, Patrick. The arts. Yeah, I get Criterion it. Collection. <laughs> but no, yeah, for the, the most part, it was already just, I like Gene Hackman as the villain. Didn't really right. give a damn about Sharon Stone or Russell Crowe, the whole movie. Um, I wanted more Keith David. I always like Keith David. I yeah, wanted I wanted more I Lance can't. Hendrickson because they were such colorful characters. I can't believe they got rid of both those guys so quick. <laughs> you know? Right? I know you don't know anything about them. It's like, all right, they're dead. Moving on. Ooh, ooh everybody's yeah. favorite death. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Mm. What death? The kid. the kid. That's your favorite. Yeah, but, okay. favorite. Yeah, like favorite or most satisfying. I like a I like a crying man. I was half expecting I was half expecting Gene Hackman to come up and pop him in the head. <laughs> Not so he popped him verbally. That line he said, I told you, that was the, the icing right there on the <laughs> cake. That, that might be the best death for that line. That's when you knew he had to yeah, die. As he's di- as he's di- as he's dying, his dad walks up, he's like, Yeah, he's not mine. As much as you get rid of her, the uh the last thing you hear. The Sharon Stone smiley death where she kills the clown guy. That was fucking satisfying. Oh, oh in the rain. That fucking pervert. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. good that her. was a good one. Good for her. <laughs> I wish she had got him off. That's what I wanted the blood. I wanted this. Yeah, like you wanted the, the brain to explode. Right, 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 like, right. Just fucking fly apart. Right. I, I did like. Uh, it's hard to be painted red. I did like the guy that thought he was going to get points for breaking Russell Crowe's hands. He's like, you have 20 oh, yeah. seconds oh, to leave town. Cool. I forgot the guy's name, Scrappy or something. You got 20 oh, seconds to leave Rus- town. Rus- Rats- yeah. No, it's Ratsy. Ratsy. Yeah. And then he you just. Got ten- now you're down to 10 seconds. <laughs> you you, you kind of think for a second he forgets about it. And the guy's only run like five feet. He grabs the yeah. <laughs> He's like, Time's up. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, was good. Yeah, I, I wanted this shit to be dumber. Like, I wanted it to be yeah. okay. level dumb. <laughs> All right. So it was I too it, it was too much of an A picture for you, Brent, is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Sam Raimi, no. Do, yeah, do that, that's a great picture. way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I this this it movie didn't know what it wanted. This, this movie does have an identity crisis. Either you go with the serious stuff yeah. or you go with the full comic book and you're right. It is kind of an uncomfortable mess. I would love mesh. to know. I would love to know what the story there's got to be a story behind that. Why was it like two movies in one? And right. who's I, you know, what was he trying to go more serious or was he trying to go goofier? What, I'd love to know what the story is on right. this. I'll have to be looking. Right. I'll be looking. It's obvious, right? Like we're not crazy for feeling that way. No, it does feel like two mm-hmm. stories. Because not. you expect. No, you know what? I I agree. I agree with you 100. percent It's just that I like both movies. It's two movies in one. I like them both. One of those movies almost feels like Unforgiven, and the other one feels like Army of uh, what? Army of Darkness. You know. I just don't uh, think it's enough. You know. But I like them both. It's not perfect, but I like both movies. Ye- it's trying to be. Or both movies that's trying not I, to I be. See what, <laughs> no, I see I like what, them both. what Patrick and Brent are saying, because the premise is good. Oh, yeah. You have all these gunfighters. Yeah. It's almost like a video game. The premise yeah. is good. Yeah. You have all these video games. So give us more of that video game. Give us more of, you know, give us more of the matchups. Show give us, us more, more of what we want, right? Yeah. Like, we, we're, we're here to watch this gunfight. Let's see them. Right. And that's because probably why it's flopped. gunfights are probably you know? some of the best parts of this movie, right? The, like, yeah. you know what the, the problem is? The themselves are done so well. You know what the problem is, though? They're all the same. They're very conventional gunfights. You don't really have a... Except for the one scene where he only gives Russell Crowe one bullet and the guy gets back up. It's really just... It's really just one shot, one kill. And you kind of want it to be a little bit more. You kind of want it to be maybe like a... Hey, let's put him in a... You guys go in this 
go out in the forest and shoot it out or go out in the, you know, we're going to put you guys in the canyon and you guys shoot it out and then that's your duel, you know. I but, love the lead up to that. I'm going to give you the shittiest gun in the whole store. Here you go. This is like a $5 oh. gun. You know, it looks like hell. You're going to get one bullet. But I love how he whispers to him, well, it does shoot straight. You got that going for you. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he goes, I wouldn't give you a gun that doesn't shoot straight. You know, so the kid had and some honor. I also honor. love the way that he figured out. I love the way that he uh, that he figured out that the clock makes a clicking noise. That's pretty early on. He figures it out when he whispers to her, "This clock makes a click right before it goes off." Yeah, there you go. All right. Sorry, I was looking up stuff just now, and I saw you know what movie beat this the opening weekend. What's that? Ooh. Billy Madison. Oh no! <laughs> oh well, no! Well, there you go. Adam Sandler killed it. Oh, that's everything no. you need to know. If this had been sillier. Maybe it would have done better if it had been sillier, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, maybe if Adam Sandler had been the kid instead of Leo. Hey, look, I definitely think Bruce Campbell should have been one of the gunfighters. Definitely, would have just been that would have been. Beautiful. They should have just made the Briscoe mm-hmm. County Junior movie and had Sam Raimi. Yeah, direct that's it. right. Sa- Might as well. Sam Raimi directed. Uh, all right, let's rank this sucker. John, what do you give? Uh, Quick and the Dead. I'm going to be in the minority. I for me, it's fun. It is deeply flawed. It's two different movies in one. Uh, it's not perfect, but I just have such a good time watching this movie. I'm going to give it a nine. I agree. I agree with all those points. I, I'm not going to score it as high, but I agree with everything you said. So, uh, you know, you, I'm in your corner, sir. Dan, handsome Dan, which will be yes, your sir. which will be your gunfighter name, by the way. Yes, that's right, Dan Hanson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. What do you got? What do you rank this sucker? Uh, oh, I'll give it. I'm between a six and a seven, so I'll give it six and a half. Ooh. All right. They call him Pumpkin Fantastic. Patrick out on the range. Pumpkin Patrick, <laughs> what do you give this one? Uh, six. Six? Okay. Six. You, you sure? Okay. Yeah. Hey, it was as good as Casablanca. There you go. That's right. Hey. Never not going to be funny. The jewel of the Diamond Bar Ranch, Justine. What do they? What do they give you? What do you give this one? I give it a seven. I would watch Leo again. Oh, there you hey. go. There you go. Seven. That's seven. That's seven points for Leonardo DiCaprio. Romeo and Juliet comes out in the next year, and then after mm-hmm. that, it's Titanic. So this is like a stepping triple stone. Triple threat. It's, it's in the. It's in the heart. The of triple my, threat. Like, Ooh, this boy. <laughs> Brent, what did you think of the movie Triple Threat? By the way. The, the one that came out a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. That's yeah. my shit. I left a review for that, too, on the website. All right. Uh, what, what did you rank uh, Quick in the Dead? I got a quote real quick, too, for you, John, for I say. It's uh, from Sam Raimi. He said, I was very confused after I made that movie. For a number of years, I thought, I'm like a dinosaur. I couldn't change with the material. That's from Sam. Ah, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. That's a... That's a- that's a hint there, yeah. Yeah, maybe he. Had <laughs> I'm tri- gonna keep digging. I am gonna find. I if it if it kills me, I'm gonna find an interview where he just talks about this movie. <laughs> maybe 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 he just couldn't wrap his head around what they wanted. You know, that's sometimes that happens. Mm, you get maybe. the script and you're not sure how it's yeah. supposed to go. Uh, all right, mm. Brent, what do you rank this one? I also think this movie is as good as Casablanca. I give it a six. Six. All right. Uh, yeah, this is a seven for me. I like it. I don't. I wish. I always want to love it. I always want it to be better, but I don't. It's a good way to pass the time, and there's enough Raimi in it to keep it interesting. Um, the, you know, I like the characters. I like the dialogue, and Gene Hackman's always fun to watch. So mm-hmm. it's a good to watch for that uh, for that scene with uh, with uh, just the scene with him and where he yells at the town. I love that. 
that one little <laughs> scene. But yeah, what is next? Without Gene Hackman, without Gene Hackman, I would probably knock two points off. <laughs> right. That's how much yeah. he brings. To, that's how much he brings to the movie. You know. So we're gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do next week because next week while we're recording, uh, Brent's actually gonna be traveling. I'll so, so he he will be on his way to out out to visit Callie. So we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do for next week. Ooh. Justine, what is the movie we're watching next week? Shawshank Redemption. The Whoa. Shawshank Redemption. Wow, who has not seen the Shawshank Redemption? You, ah. Justine, you've never seen it. No, Jake, you've never seen it. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces, but I never sat through the whole thing. Patrick, you've never seen it. I've seen it. Oh, I've seen it. John and I have seen it, obviously. Brent, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. I used to watch that with my grandma all the time. She loved that movie. Beautiful. God, your grandma sounds great. Speaking of your grandma, <laughs> did you did you check out Beyond Atlantis uh, over the weekend? I haven't got a chance yet, but I did see my name is in the credits of the second episode. Ah, nice. I haven't looked. Got it, I haven't looked. That's on Mystery Science Theater. Uh, yeah, it's a good episode. You'll like it. It is a good episode. I keep forgetting to check the credits to see when we're going to pop in there. So I don't know, maybe I'm close. Cause we, I, I know we, I, I know we know donated. Ra- told me. I know we de- donated around the same time. So, all right, guys, what a great show. It's all, it's all alphabetical anyway. I think it's alphabetical, but, but in like, they did it in batches. That's how it goes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's weird. It's kind of weird how they did it. All right. Anyway, for John, for Jake, for Patrick, for Justine, for Brent, we say, this transmission is now. Until next week, unity! Unity!